RJ Ochoa from blogging the boys? Well, you know, um, I don't think it's any of them. I think uh, I think the Cowboys think that, you know, not that they're better than everybody or anything like that, but I think that they're they're committed to this idea that it, it just has to be done without them, that they have to make this purge. They have to make this sacrifice. They have to seek the holy salary cap space. And so I, I really fully believe that they're invested and in, in, no pun intended in moving on from Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. And I mean, so I suppose literally the money will go to the likes of Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup. But um, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of wonder if that's robbing Peter to pay Paul when, when Rob or Peter, excuse me, is, is maybe, uh, maybe the better player on your team. It's, it's a really awkward place. The Cowboys have found themselves in. it feels like an alternate reality of sorts, kind of like, um, like, like the alternate 1985 that Marty and the doc go back to and back to the future. Okay, let me just let me just ask, and I was thinking about this yesterday. If they don't have Amari Cooper on the roster, and they don't have Randy Gregory on the roster, and they don't have Demarcus Lawrence on the roster, how do you sell me that this could be a better team this this coming season than they were a year ago? I hope you're pretty dumb. That's, that's the only way. I mean, <laughs> well, I am. I mean, <laughs> um, but I mean that's where none of their you know, like, and I mean, it's in in the interest of full, you know, transparency. Obviously, none of these things have happened, you know, so that that is technically true. Um, but none of the things they are reportedly trying to do this season, just from a football standpoint, align. You know, like it, it would be one thing if if they all aligned, if they were completely and totally, you know, doing this, that, whatever, it, all in the name of one common goal. Then you could kind of understand where their their line of thinking was. You know, as an example. I don't think they should restructure Ezekiel Elliott's contract. I know we've talked about that before because then you marry yourself to him through the 2023 season. But if they were restructuring like crazy, if they restructured Amari and Tank and, and even Zeke to that point, that the alignment would clearly suggest, okay, they're creating as much salary cap space as possible while retaining as many players as possible to sign as many you know key contributors as possible this season. Like That would all at least you know be directed towards one common theme. And nothing like that, you know, sits here. I mean, you know, they're they're talking about moving on from two of their better players in a season that is so important, a season that is so critical, uh, in a season that their very head coach's fate is on the line. I mean, it's 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 hard not to buy into the conspiracy theories that you know they're they're setting Sean Payton up with a ton of cap space in 2023 because it, it kind of feels like they're doing that while hey, if we somehow you know get lucky when the Super Bowl along the way, we won't be upset. Um, it, it's just it's very very. I can't. Think of an offseason that was more difficult to, to get a read on. How do they place Amari Cooper? Is it through the draft, or is somebody already on the roster? I mean, I, I think they think it's Michael Gallup, um, and and I love Michael Gallup. And, and what's really unfair, you know, to the likes of Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz is now now they're charged with that. Now that's the expectation of them because of the way the Cowboys have handled it. You got to be Amari Cooper. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think, you know, they're probably hopeful that they can bring back Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. Their, their line of thought seems to be we can bring them both for the same price it costs to keep Amari. Um, and, and, you know, while I get the, the X and Y of that, it isn't necessarily the same thing. Um, but, you know, I, if, they, if you're bringing back Michael Gallup, that's, you know, that's a start. And, and maybe it is to the draft. Maybe Ohio State's Chris Olave falls to you at 24. But, but if that's the case, I mean, you have a lot of needs, you know, it, it's, it's kind of ridiculous to create one um, when that pick could otherwise be spent elsewhere. I mean, it would really suck, for example, if Kenyon Green, the Texas A&M guard, is also there and you have a massive need at left guard. 
So what do you do? I mean, you're you're effectively if you take Olave in this hypothetical, and now you're really missing out on a, on a future starting guard. If you take Kenyon Green, you're really hindering yourself a wide receiver. And so creating more needs ahead of the draft is uh, is a risky proposition. RJ, when you look at the NFL right now, there's obviously a power shift. Everybody going to the AFC. Russ is going to Denver. We see what Khalil Mack is now headed out there to the Chargers. Uh, does that with when you look at the path in the NFC now, it's going to be a little more easier. Obviously, the Packers are at the top. We still know the Rams are going to be at the top. But does that put more pressure on Dallas? To need, you need to be successful now when you got a little easier road to uh, ahead. You would think. I mean, and you would think that they, you know, they love to say things like pressure is a privilege and stuff like that. You would think that they actually would feel a lack of pressure. Does that make the, the pressure point? But they would feel like, okay, this is, you know, this is a lot easier than it used to be. And not only do they play in the weaker conference, to your point, they play in the weakest division of, of the weaker mm-hmm. conference. I mean, so so you can, you know, I, I don't know that you can maybe get there falling asleep, and, and maybe that's their plan. Maybe they feel like they really don't have to do much uh, to be a heavy hitter in, in the super mighty NFC. But I, I just, I don't see how you can't realize the precious opportunity that lies in front of you. And, and I think there's a bit of hubris and arrogance to that because it isn't always that way. At some point, you know, all of these teams or most of these teams will regress to the mean. I mean, you're seeing Seattle regress to the mean in the opposite way now with Russell Wilson being mine. I know they were, were bad last year, but you know, the Giants, I, I hate to say the Giants are kind of getting their act together with Brian Dable and, you know, I'm not necessarily afraid of the idea of Mitchell Trubisky, but, you know, Wink Martindale, they've got a really solid coaching staff. I mean, they're, they're no longer like this automatic two wins. I mean, Washington will be, thank God for that. But, I mean, you, you just you have to capitalize on your opportunities. And it seems like the Rams, in, in a larger way, have identified that, that purpose in life. But the Cowboys are fine to just kind of sit by because they know, you know, kind of to this point, like we don't have to do much. Uh, to get some caps and T-shirts and say NFC is champion. <laughs> I like that. I, I want to go back to the receivers for just a second. Uh, w- when you look at the Cowboy receiving core, it, it, let's just go back to last season. And and I realize that Amari Cooper had some injuries and, and, and missed some games. Did the Cowboys look at Amari Cooper as their number one, or did they look at C.D. Lamb as the number one guy? I think it's, you know, I think they kind of had their eye on both at the same time, which is a problem. And I think that that's the only logic, if, if I use that word loosely, I support um, in releasing Amari is that if you're not going to use him like a $20 million wide receiver, then yeah, I mean, you shouldn't pay him $20 million. Now, you should use him like a $20 million wide receiver, but, you know, that's a different point. That's the way the Green Bay Packers use Devontae Adams or the Rams, use Cooper Cup or whatever. And so I think, you know, when, when the Cowboys signed him out of this deal two years ago, it was very obvious that they created this opportunity to make a choice between him and Michael Gallup in the 2022 offseason. That was before they landed C.D. Lamb in the draft. That happened just a couple of months later. And so, I mean, at training camp, you all remember the buzz. It was C.D.'s taking off. C.D., this is the year. C.D.'s breaking out. C.D.'s becoming the alpha. And I think everybody wanted that to happen because that would have been convenient. That, that would have really, really set you up well to say, all right, C.D. became – the number one, we can cut Amari, we can bring back Michael Gallup, whatever, and we'll be fine. That didn't happen. And so, I mean, I, I think that Amari sort of was the number one by nature in that regard, but but I think that they would have loved for it to have. I mean, CD led the team in receiving yards, so I think maybe they would tell you he was number one. They'll certainly tell you in a week after they, they cut Amari Cooper if that happens. But, I mean, I, I think that it was clear and obvious to anybody who watched last season that the best receiver on the team still was Amari. Lyle Collins, is he on his way out on the trade block? And what does that do to this offensive line with there already being maybe the biggest need on this team? 
that's the one move that I'm not ready to like smash the glass and, and hit the panic button over. And, and I live, you know, over that button. Uh, to be very clear, but you know, Lyell has really, really lost the this trust in the face of coaching staff. I think people forget he missed all of the 2020 season because he showed up to camp out of shape, and so that really, really hurt the Cowboys. And obviously, you know, Tyron Smith missed most that season, and Dak got hurt, and, and you know, the whole world uh, fell apart as far as the Cowboys team was concerned. But you know, that was a tough situation. Then he comes back, and right away, boom, you know, it's suspended for five games after the season opener, and so. I mean, is he a, a talented player? Certainly, in, in a vacuum. And I, I can understand feeling like it, it doesn't make sense to move on from him. But that's a hard thing to reason. That's a hard – how can you trust that? How can you, you know, rely on that on, on a week-to-week basis? How can you plan on – you already have such a question mark with Tyron Smith in a totally different way. Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to survive this season? And so, you you just can't have that loosey-goosey nature along your offensive line. And so, I, this is one of those, like, get out of year – too early as opposed to waiting a year too long. And so in that sense, I'm fine with that. They, they really did kind of stumble into a nice, you know, tackle option in Terrence Steele two years ago. So I think they've prepared themselves. However, tackle depth is a rare luxury in the NFL, and they happen to have that right now. Final thought for you, uh, RJ. A lot of off-the-field issues with the Cowboys in, in this offseason with Rich Dalrymple and now Jerry Jones' situation. Does that have any effect of on how the Cowboys – go through their off season and how the, the front office operates with all of the off the field stuff going on. You know, I mean, I don't know that it has, and I mean, this is just my, you know, outsider's opinion in that sense. Obviously I'm not, you know, within the Jones's brain trust, but I don't know that it has the, the impact that, you know, maybe if, if, you know, five, six people are, are gathering around the bar kind of speculating on it. I don't know that it has that same impact, but I don't know how it doesn't have any, I mean, these are incredibly serious, incredibly awful, um, you know, incredibly immoral things that the Cowboys are alleged to have done. And so, I mean, I don't know if that doesn't eat at you as a person, just in a general sense, but these are the people who are, you know, like think, think about when you have anything going on in mind, even if it's positive, I mean, your, your attention isn't always on work and, you know, their work is kind of critical and, and they're kind of already not good at it. And so I don't know how, um, it wouldn't impact it in that sense. I also, I mean, th- this is a really awful, awful look. I mean, just collectively for the Cowboys. And they're supposed to be this, like, pristine diamond Tiffany brand NFL team. And so I don't know how the perception doesn't change. And I feel like, you know, I think people have been so apathetic about the team. And that, that's something I feel very confident. I can't, I definitely can't think of a time in my lifetime that Cowboys fans have cared less about you know their the state of their team now they, they care they'll, they'll come back but I truly feel like they believe you know this is just part of my fall you know I go take the the pumpkin photos with my wife because she drags me there and I, I root for the Cowboys on Sunday so that's it like I, I know that there's a silicon on this and I think that they are all ashamed I think there's a level of shame and embarrassment in, in a totally different you know sector of ways with this team and so I still I think it has an impact in that sense. RJ what are you working on for blogging the boys? Free agency is next week, so um, you know I'm doing my best to sleep as much as I can now, um, and 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 prep all of the you know prepping meals. You know what I mean? I'm going to need some like quick snacks and things like that. Nothing that gets my fingers dirty, so I can keep um, keep my keyboard clean. 
but uh, but just kind of planning our coverage. We'll have some live shows, and, and we've got a tracker up at our site with every report and rumor that you see. Um, you know, we're in kind of kind of battening down the hatches. It feels like we're prepping for a hurricane, with as far as Cowboys fans are concerned, like boarding up the windows because when they do, if that happens, release Amari and release Demarcus Lawrence, and when they don't hire or sign anybody big time. It will be very, very frustrating. And then the worst of it will come when they make their first free agent signing and it's some third-level tier guy who nobody's <laughs> ever heard of. That, that, part, that poor player is going to get so dragged. Uh, you know it's coming. Hey, RJ, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Talk to you soon. That's RJ Ochoa from Blocking the Boys.